Mike, turn your games down. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another comic episode of Games My Mom Found. I am Mike Elverton, who is sick, apparently, and who is with me tonight. The Batman guy of the podcast, Kenneth Sanity, is here to help. <laughs> Again. Hi, I'm I'm Nick. I'm the other Batman guy, but I'm from You Hate to See It, a podcast where three morons get pissed drunk and talk about random ass crap. That's a great description. It really, the, honestly, I'm really proud of myself for coming up with that one on the spot. <laughs> That's kind of funny. All right, and we are here. Uh, Ken, why don't you introduce what we're talking about? This was your this was your pick. Uh yes, it was my pick, although. It was something that you brought to my attention. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about the War of Jokes and Riddles, a nine-part Batman storyline that occurs during the rebirth timeline of DC. And this is a story that I had never read before we did the podcast. Hey, like I, yep, this is my first time, and this is very odd for me because that doesn't normally happen. So, have you read any of much of or any of Rebirth before this, or just starting to? Um, just kind of starting to based on, you know, the stuff that, uh, we've been doing here. I mean, for the most part, I've just like read a lot of the classics, but ever since, you know, working with you on this podcast, I've started to read more and more and I have that. And thanks to people. our, and thanks to our last episode, can we uh, have uh metal ready to go? Oh, uh, yes. Yes. <laughs> what were you going to say, Nick? Before? Uh, I'm sorry. Metal. Finally, please read it. Uh, I have, I have it. I have metal on my shelf signed by uh, Scott Snyder. I actually have both medals. I have death metal and just normal Dark Knights metal. But as someone who has read probably close to 30% of all Rebirth, good luck. Godspeed. Batman is amazing. Detective Comics, phenomenal. Batgirl was pretty good. I am. So this is volume three of Batman. I'm current. And I've read like everything because they dropped the Rebirth branding in 2018. And then they just went with normal. Uh, and I'm I'm current on Batman Detective Comics. So good luck. It's a lot of fun. Let me know when you get to City of Bane. It is probably top five favorite story arcs of all Batman. It is absolutely amazing. However, it really helps if you read everything. But this is part of that. I have read. I was I was reading all of this at one point. I got up to 50 something before I just stopped. No, I read all of this through quarantine so like in about eight months i read i got current with batman detective comics justice league this was scott snyder's justice league and then i read all like all of the events i blame adam my co-host he asked me one day hey do you want to go to a comic book shop and next thing you know i have like 700 comics behind me that happens it's awful <laughs> it's great, a great time my life it was it's phenomenal so war of jokes and riddle is very much a so it it's issue to start in issue 25 runs to 32 and it's a flashback story of, of Batman year one, essentially, where the issue right before this, at the very end of the issue, is where Batman proposes to Catwoman. And then he starts telling her the story when he fucked up, pretty much. The, so the, the, the him proposing to Catwoman thing was legitimately like a year and a half back and forth story arc, where it has some of the best issues, but also some of the fucking shittiest writing ever. In some in certain comics, where it's just almost an entire issue of them going bat cat bat cat bat cat. Overall, it's good, but then you get those those issues. Again, this this is very much tying into further down the line issues. Well, everything is all leading to Breaking Batman, essentially, right? Which is what City of Bane is. Yeah, so City of City of Bane is the conclusion to. Hold on, let me let me look up what issue City of Bane starts. Uh, City of Bane is City of Bane. Where what what where are you? Please, seventy five issue seventy five. So legitimately, probably seventy five to eighty. So City of Bane is legitimately starting at issue eighty. A complete immersion of the past eighty issues of Batman, bringing it all together, and it's amazing. I've never seen anyone do something like that, like that much callback to the beginning. Like it literally calls back to issue one of Rebirth and it's phenomenal. And it also comes back to jokes and riddles and it deals a lot with the Batman and Catwoman proposal thing. Okay. I'm reading the synopsis of this right now. And all I can say is what the absolute fuck of what? 
Like, this sounds insane and amazing. Are you talking about City of Bane? Yeah. Oh, when I tell you, like, so it it is great on its own. But as someone who read the previous 80 issues, it, it has a whole new meaning when you read those. Because it, it's the little things that's just, oh, fuck. Oh, oh, my. It, it's glorious. So there's I really can't hype up City of Bane enough. And who wrote that one? That one was that also Tom King? Yes, it was. Was Tom King? Yeah, that sounds like Tom King. <laughs> that, <laughs> that sounds like some bullshit he'd pull. But it was great. And the art art throughout the entire run is amazing. I do want to read it someday. It's definitely on my list. But I don't plan to read everything before there just because I, I can't see that happening. I it's uh it's a rough fucking time. <laughs> because yes, there are a lot of great issues, but some of them are rough. <laughs> It gets rough at points. I just don't read comics that much anymore. Oh, I'm 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 pulling back. Yesterday I was reading New Fifty Two's Batman and Superman, so I'm like pulling back. This stuff is good though. It it was I'm enjoying it so far. All right, so we were saying so so jokes and riddles starts off with you have Batman narrating, you have some guy standing up doing being a comedian, and then within like the first three pages you see him get shot, dragged off screen. And then someone else is trying to be a comedian to make Joker laugh. And it's just a whole bunch of dead people. And the entire time, someone is narrating. We don't know who yet, but somebody had gone through in the aftermath of whatever happened and, you know, collected evidence, listened to recordings, interviewed witnesses. Somebody's trying to figure out what happened. And what motivated them to make whatever decision was made. And we don't know it at this point, but it is revealed to be the Batman is telling the story and narration to Selena Kyle. But you just have a hell of a setup right out of the gate. You have somebody, you have a cop interrogating the Riddler, asking him about, he shows him a map and they're trying, I think they're trying to, they're trying to figure out where the Joker went or something like that. Yep. And the thing about the this, deal, you actually see the Riddler be vicious for the, like, I feel like you don't see the Riddler as a vicious character that often in comics or in adaptations of the Riddler. Like this one, like it, when the first scene, when the first few panels of him, he kills the guy that's talking to him and he just, he just jumps across the desk and slits his neck. And then, you know, he escapes out of the police station. Like you see all this immediately, which I felt was very cool to see the Riddler as being such a badass character for a change. I'll be honest with you. This is the last time you're going to see that. <laughs> I know. Yeah, you don't you 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 don't see that anymore. You I can't tell you. I'm pretty sure this is the last time you ever really get to see the Riddler be brutally violent in modern canon. And I really want to talk about this because he's not just violent. He stabs the guy 26 times once for each letter of the alphabet. That's insane. Yeah. Uh, so, so my, my background, like I went to college for law enforcement, 26 stab wounds does a, a lot to the body. Like that's not, that's not clean. That's a lot. No, that's making hamburger. Yeah, exactly. And then when he introduces the Joker, the <clears throat> Joker is at some comedy club that he blows up in front of the cop. And then you see him escaping. And as he's escaping, he's just shooting people left and right. He's just walking off. And then it jumps to the Riddler when he escapes prison where he knows everybody. He, all these guards come up to him and he just starts saying who their kids are and names of their wives are because he had earlier gotten all this information and it shows him just walk out. And this is just amazing. Like he clears his throat and then just starts naming off kids. He doesn't say anything else other than the guards' kids' names and everybody just moves aside because they're like, well, he knows my kids' names. I'm not willing to sacrifice my kids over this. This is a job. I'm out. And this is the Riddler that I not, I did not expect to see in this. This is a hardcore motherfucker. Like, the Riddler's always been kind of like a joke in a lot of media. But this, this is, this is Peaky Blinders Riddler like, right like here. He, and he rips, <laughs> like you can tell. <laughs> like, yeah. for absolutely no reason, he's absolutely ripped. He's got some sick mutton chops. Yeah. Like, he's... The Riddler is a force to be reckoned with for possibly the first, and unfortunately seems like might be the last time, 
he does still does like interesting things. It's just you don't see him anymore. The past like year and a half has been Scarecrow. So Oh Scarecrow. Yeah. Fear State was nothing but Scarecrow, and honestly, I'm really tired of seeing Scarecrow. <laughs> I'm really happy that's done. This is a fun Christian podcast. I will not tolerate blasphemy here. Of Scarecrow? <laughs> yes. Scarecrow. I love Scarecrow. Scarecrow is like my second favorite Batman villain. Fantastic. Great. I also enjoy Scarecrow. I don't enjoy a year, a full year of Scarecrow. <laughs> of okay, being essentially the only villain that Batman fights. Fair enough. Hey, have you ever read Haunted Night? There's a really good Scarecrow that, story in there. Right. And an episode about that, too. Yes, I'm we excited. did. I'm excited to see where the new stuff takes us. And, and then after you see like Riddler escape, you also see Jokers in a car in a uh, Uber and what it looks like. And then he he has a joke, and the guy laughs at his joke, so he shoots him in the head because he said that wasn't because it wasn't funny. I don't know and what then, the, the point of that was, but yeah. During this, <laughs> I love this because during the narration that follows Joker shooting his driver in the car that he's currently driving, he doesn't get out of the car, Mm-mm. and. The narrator, Batman, is just talking about, you know, why? Why did he do it? It could have ended so much differently. He could have just died laughing in that car, but he didn't. <laughs> I mean, he gets out of the car, and then this is where you see them, him and the Riddler both go to this giant tower for some reason. I think it was the, the Joker's, Joker's tower, or yeah, I don't Joker's know why. pretty much set up base there. Okay. And what. The Riddler was trying to solve with the cop before he made, you know, casserole out of him was trying to figure out where the Joker was hidden. And the Riddler figured it out, but he didn't tell the cop because he wanted to show up himself. And he did with a classic setup. Knock, knock. To which the Joker replies, who's there? Which that joke goes on the entire, the whole like little series Mm -hmm. of the storyline. They keep going with that all the time. And also the idea that Joker can't laugh. For some reason, he can't laugh at anything this whole... That's why he's killing everyone, because he's trying to have somebody make him laugh. And the Riddler talking about puzzles and riddles. I like seeing them get together, and then Riddler is like, we need to kill the bat. Like, that's what we're going to do together. We're going to kill Batman. Which doesn't work out. (laughs) Until the Joker decides that it'll be maybe funnier to just shoot the Riddler. He shoots him point blank in the chest, or the stomach. And it's just, it's not funny. And Joker just kind of walks away. I like how Batman shows up to the Riddler and he sees him dying, but he doesn't try to help or anything. He just leaves him there because <laughs> I mean, you have to go stop. Joker has a bomb, so I get it. He went to go, but it's just kind of funny. He just left him there. He's like, oh, well, and somehow and the Riddler survives. It's really interesting because he tells Batman he took his bomb. What bomb? There was no bomb. He wanted Batman to leave him. Jeez. And then the Riddler gets away. Be- oh, okay, that makes sense. They just okay. They lie to him, and then this is with the next panel you see, or the next page that you see after that. A Joker on one side, Riddler on the other, and a bunch of villains, most I recognize, in the center fighting each other. Oh, mm-hmm. oh, this just makes me so happy. So this is setting up the war of jokes and riddles. You got Joker on one side, Riddler on the other, both just looking absolutely horrible, and you have. Clayface fighting Man Bat, Solomon Grundy fighting Killer Croc, Penguin fighting, uh, I don't know, is that Firefly? Yeah, it's Firefly. Uh, You have Deathstroke and Deadshot fighting each other, Scarface fighting Two-Face, Mad Hatter fighting Scarecrow, Mr. Freeze fighting Poison Ivy. Like, this is is setting up what's going to be a huge, huge thing. And then it cuts to Batman, just Batman in bed with Catwoman. And he's he's vulnerable. He is telling the woman that he wants to be his wife. This is when I feel like I really, really failed. And you need to know this before you say yes. Which is very cool. <sighs> oh, so cool. Like, I'll, I'll be honest. After I finished this first issue, I just, I kind of had chills for where this was going. I was like, oh, man. Oh, boy. It's the next cover, though, that really sticks with me. Oh, the uh, jigsaw puzzle. Jigsaw pick, pick the jigsaw puzzle of Joker's of Joker's face. It's just yes. That's a really cool cover. So cool they made it the cover of the trade paperback. And this is when you kind of start seeing everything. Like I didn't get this beginning where Joker arrives in a in a taxi to some house and he just kills everybody in the house. I guess. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. And 
you see the narration, Batman's interviewed the taxi driver that drops off the Joker. Joker doesn't kill him, but he clearly still is not laughing. And you see the narration, the house belonged to Kim and Tony Templeton. They moved there a year ago. Bang, bang. Next panel with their three children. Bang, bang, bang. Brutal. Just yeah, brutal. He, they do a very good job of making both of them just such villains in this. Like, they're just both just terrible people. Joker and the rest. It's a good way to, like, emphasize that, like, <laughs> Batman literally, there, there is no picking sides because they're just both pure evil. Yes. And then it shows that how the Riddler was saved by some doctor, but he couldn't get rid of the, like, there's a scar from where the shot was. So then the Riddler draws a question mark on his body. And I want to get to this doctor. Okay. Because this is absolutely a reflection of what happened to the Joker in the 89 version of Batman, the movie, with the whole mirror. You see what I have to work with here. Then Riddler screaming mirror again. That's line for line from the 1989 version of Batman. Really? Yep. I did not know that. Yep, that's exactly what happened after Jack Napier got out and the doctor was fixing his face. It is like the dialogue is word for word. Hmm, and then cool. the Riddler, the Riddler starts asking. Yes, he starts asking his own riddles. And then he carves a little question mark above his scar, like you were saying. And the bullet wound is the dot in the question mark. And then he kills the doctor and draws question marks and blood all over the room for some reason. <laughs> Some reason? I think we know the reason. It's Riddler. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> the clinical term is batshit insane. Yes. Uh, batshit like Batman. Uh, <laughs> that wasn't even intentional and I hate it. <laughs> and then you see, for some reason, Joker ends up calling Faconi, which I, I don't, I know you like Faconi. Again, I'm not a big fan of the mafia people in, in the Batman stuff, but it, it makes sense to have them there, especially just being early Batman, where then you see the Penguin is working for Falcone and for some reason, Falcone didn't send his men to go kill the Riddler because the Joker told him to. So, all right. So, I'll, I'll let you introduce the next scene because this this is actually huge. This is a great little. I mean, this is also you have we have Riddler and Poison Ivy walking down a street, and she's just in normal clothes, and all these mafia people show up to go kill her or kill them, and she just kills them with you know her Poison Ivy with, with vines, and you just see them walking, and all these people are just being strangled to death and stuff by the vines. It is such a good. Good scene. All right, so oh, this is a spoiler. A fucking splash! Oh this, god, that. Oof. This is a spoiler for Prob. I think this is a spoiler from After City of Bane. It actually might have been like even from like the past ten issues, like current. She actually didn't kill anyone. She didn't kill anyone. She suspended them, and then like Riddler played with her mind or something, and he killed them. She just like disarmed them. Because there's a whole thing where, no, I'm a monster. Look at all these men I killed. You haven't killed anyone. You've never killed a person. That's interesting. Yep. So none of these guys are dead by her hand. It was all the Riddler. Ugh. But what I really like is Batman's kind of post-mortem on all of these guys. Like, you know, this guy had three kids and one on the way. This one, his wife thought he sold seafood at the docks. This guy was married to a dude named Sam Lipshin, who was a fifth grade teacher who shot himself a week later. Like, it's just going into, mm-hmm. yeah, okay, these guys may have been bad guys, but they were people, they had things about them. And it's just, it's showing how deep Batman is going into these events, trying to understand what happened. And then you get the Joker at Carmine's. Falcone's mansion sitting there. He's like, you didn't kill him. He's not dead. And so he, she pulls out, he shows him, here's your mother's teeth on the table. He pulled out all I made her a teeth. smile on your desk. Uh, and then he just shoots everybody so quickly of all the guards, Falcone, everyone with the penguin, he just takes out. And, oh God, the best thing here is that Carmine's mother lives in Metropolis. <laughs> Metropolis is three hours away and he gave Carmine an hour. He had already done this. Oh, God. It's you, so good. Do you think he did it, or do you think he was just lying and got the teeth from someone else? No, I think he did it, because did it. in the next scene, she's, in the next page, she's dead. Oh, is that I'm her? That sure that's oh, that her. was looking at, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he just killed her, because he knew they wouldn't be able yeah. to do it anyway. And then you get some really cool flash pages of Riddler with his goons. And then Joker with his his goons, his team. 
And I am 100% Team Riddler because, you know, he's got the best ones. He's got Two-Face. He's got Scarecrow. I'm happy. He's got Zaz. Are you are you telling me Mad Hatter and the Sportsman aren't your jam? Uh, no, nope, neither not, not, is. Not Dumb and Dumber? Nope. No? I'm not really feeling Clue Master either. Although, I will say, I initially thought that Clue Master, with the way his mask is, I was like, oh, maybe he's is one that- of the Whisper gang. Is that Clue Master in the bottom yeah. left, or is that, yeah. is that not Sportsman? No, no it's Clue Master. Clue Master. Sportsman has a hockey mask. Yep, yep. Who the fuck is Clue Master? Uh, he is Stephanie Brown's father. Who the hell is Stephanie Brown? Spoiler. Oh, okay. Or Robin, or whatever, If depending on the canon you're going for. Because he, is he part of, I mean, when I saw him, I just thought of the Whisper Gang immediately from that we read in Court of Owls. Uh, have you ever read uh, Batman Eternal? No. All right. Well, he's a main focal point in that, and that's where they introduced Stephanie Brown from Into New Fifty Two. As spoiler. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So he he he's one of he's like one of those dudes who's I I'm going to be an air an A tier villain or an S tier villain. Meanwhile, he's barely breaking out of C tier. Um, oh, okay. Like he his plans are usually a little too much, <laughs> and like the people he tries to do them with suck. So. I mean, he, yeah, he's not fantastic, pretty crappy. I'm excited. I like how there's a really good depiction of Mist of uh, Victor Zaz. I gauge oh, every yes. comic. I I gauge every comic how on how well they uh, depict Zaz, because I'm I'm really tired of seeing Zaz depicted as a fucking really crappy hitman for the mob. It's really depressing every time I see that. Ugh. I want him to be. I want him to be the spotlight. He deserves to be the spotlight. Hey, he was in uh, Birds of Prey. He wasn't the spotlight. He was the fucking henchman. <laughs> yeah, I want him to fun. be a serial killer, not a hitman. Fair enough. And I, I agree. He Birds of Prey it's fun. Yeah. I, I want to. I just, I don't know why I've never but, got around to it yet. Oh, what? Birds of Prey, the film. Oh, it's it's a movie. It's the only one of the DC universe I haven't seen yet. Honestly, if you uh, stop the film. So when you get to the last fight scene. Go make popcorn. Go, go take a piss. Like make a phone call, do your taxes, and then come back. And then really, the mo- you'll be better off. Okay. Just don't watch the last fight scene. It's so bad. Uh, and then you have a weird interlude with the next issue for Jokes and Riddle, which is about Kite Man. Uh, uh Kite Man. Hell <laughs> yeah. So Kite Man, how he's been a joke character for a long time. This is the first time that I think they ever made him a serious type character. Like you have him, it, sh- it first starts off. You have a guy sitting in a bar. Batman creeps up to him and grabs him, and then, and then all of a sudden it, it jumps to somebody else is hanging him above a gargoyle. Which I is that Deadshot? Yeah, that's Deadshot. Okay. Yeah, Deadshot but has a really fun mustache. <laughs> immediately, I thought it was Batman because that's very much a Batman thing to do. Yeah. It is, yeah. But nope, good old Floyd Lawton, yeah. not the Will Smith version, which is unfortunate. And then you see Batman is, you know, has him up against a wall and is kind of interrogating him, trying to, trying to set up. Is that Batman right? Because he's trying to have him set up a meeting. Okay, so Floyd and Batman are both trying to have him set up a meeting with the Joker and the Riddler to try to get them to figure out where they're at or something like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And this is where we find out the guy's name. <laughs> oh, God. Charles Brown. Good old Charles Brown. The one with the name from the comics. <laughs> uh, and then you see him... And then this, where you have a little thing where he's with his son with a kite, and you know he talks about how he's a meeting, and then gets and then his son says, "Hell yeah!" And as we tell him, "No, don't say it's a bad word." But if you, anyone who knows Kite Man and any type of thing, he always says, "Hell yeah!" Yeah. So Kite Man is—he's always a joke. He's always going to be a joke. But at the same Except time, he's—he's he's like a wholesome joke. He's like—he's the villain that like you're actually able to empathize with a little bit, and he—he's. He's one of the last few remaining Batman villains. That's fun. He's a fun villain. He's not going to send you into six months of depression reading his backstory. Well, well, at the end of this, he gets really, yeah, no, it, yeah, it, it gets, it's, <laughs> it gets it's there. pretty fucked. Please. It gets there. It, it, they reversed it. It's at the end now instead of the beginning. Yeah, but I'm sure like a lot of people, most of my experience with Kite Man comes from the animated Harley Quinn show. Same. I, I watched the first season of that. I love that show. It's amazing. And Kite Man is one of the most wonderful, pure things about that show. He's just trying to have a good time. 
you know, trying to get a girlfriend, trying to be important because he's Skype, man. Hell yeah. <laughs> and then I, I do like this. You see him leaving a bar or a diner and he, and this big bouncer looking guy standing behind him turns out to be Clayface and just absorbs him and takes him to Riddler. And then, it, and then I who think, of course, knows where his kid lives. Of course. Uh, yeah, this I don't is where like it starts it. getting real dark too. Because then he tells him you're going to make a meeting with the Joker, and then it shows Kite Man again at the bar drinking, and then Batman creeping up on him again, and then it shows oh, when the Joker grabbing him from the meeting with the Riddler or something, or the setup wherever it was, and people fighting each other. So near as I can tell, Charlie Brown set up this meeting for the Joker and the Riddler, and goons were brought. Batman showed up. And you have the Joker dragging him away from the fight, saying, good grief, brilliant, <laughs> just fucking brilliant. And then one of the most, oh, God, this scene is just so odd and really depressing. Awkward, yeah. It is depressing. So you just have the Joker and Charles Brown sitting side by side next to each other on a couch. Just a couch. Joker looks at him and then Charles Brown breaks down and says, Batman had me set up the meeting. Riddler found out, and I told him about the meeting. Then Batman found out the Riddler, so I told Batman about the meeting again, and then everyone was there. Uh, and then the Joker just sadly says, it's almost funny. Because if he would have laughed, uh, that would have ended this whole war of jokes and riddles. Yeah. And I absolutely love this, that the entire time, you never see the Joker with his trademark Joker grin. Because he is in the middle of a fucking existential crisis. He does not know what he's doing anymore. This is the most relatable Joker I have ever seen. We can canonically anything. put him at about roughly, what, 41, 43 years old having his midlife crisis? Yeah, yeah. Guess how old Ken is? 41. <laughs> so, no, I fucking when you, relate. When, when are you going to start kidnapping kids? Ah, uh, never. That's not my style. No, you're just going to go with the really overpriced Harley? Oh, shit, no. I'm just going to flip a coin. <laughs> Because Two-Face is my favorite, and I have a Two-Face coin. Anyway. bitch. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> I thought we were past it. You walked into that one. I did. Uh, <sighs> we haven't been making that joke ever since we played Arkham City, and there's that terrible line in there with Two-Face. <laughs> oh, God. And then you see Batman talking with Kite Man up on a roof, and he says that your son is safe. And... Like his Joker put a bomb on him and he's supposed to blow up Batman, but the, the bomb doesn't work. I don't, it's not that the bomb doesn't work. I don't think it was never supposed to work. Yeah, no, that's what I, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I think it was a joke. Like, yeah. He just clicks the button. What goes ha ha thump? A man laughing his head off, clicks it again, clicks it again and falls to his knees. Like he is, he went to this rooftop convinced he was going to die to save his son. Yeah. And nothing happened. And you see him oh, watching the news, you see Kite Man watching the news, and they're talking about the battles, and how the whole city is a war zone, and then you see him again talking about a kite, and the kite crashes. Oh my god, okay, so we need to get, let's get into this. He picks okay. up the phone, and it's the Riddler on the other line, and he's talking about kites, but you see a kite flying, tumbling, tumbling, crashing. And then the next scene is Charles Brown, fistful of Batman's cape, just screaming. He said he knew I'd betray him before he even came to see me. It was all just some riddle or joke for Batman. He put poison on the kite rope. God. And he needs to see his son now. Fuck. It, it's really fucked up. And then you find out his son dies and he asked him, well, am I going to go to hell because I... Not, he doesn't say hell, but because I said the bad word. And right before he even hears, he doesn't hear him say it because he dies before he tells him no. And that's just, oh my God. Like, this is galaxy brain level thinking on the Riddler's part. <laughs> but Jesus, oh God. And earlier you had the conversation with Kite Man and his son where just like, mom says you're a joke. Are you a joke, dad? What does that mean? And, and you know, it's, he's trying to like, no, I'm I'm not, but maybe I am. And. Then after his son dies, you see him, he's making a kite in his basement. And the last scene you see is he goes to the house where Joker is at, where he killed those, those four, five people. And he's dressed up as, you know, in his costume now as Kite Man and, and says, hell yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, fucking depressing. God. It's depressing, but this is Kite Man throwing in his lot with the Joker now because the Riddler took his son and 
you're never, ever going to find a motivation like a dead child in a comic book or dead parents. Nope. I think dead children are worse than dead parents, but you know. Yeah. Well, I'm not going to get into it, but yes. <laughs> and then you get to the next issue, which has another really cool cover with Joker, with uh, Riddler and the Joker staring at each other. And they're playing, they're playing cards. And all his cards are Jokers that he has in his hand. And Riddler has cards that are first let the first letter of different characters like you have zaz i don't know who the g is or and a d and s and then an i for pamela Isley. so catwoman oh okay i forgot catwoman's on his side sort of in yeah. this D. this is also a very weird intro to this to this book where you see him he's narrating and you see james gordon in one in one panel he's stripping the other panel he's putting on a uh, orange jumpsuit and each panel is something di- you know the opposite of whatever the other one was and then you see him walking down an alley one you know mostly naked and with with joker signs on the wall and the other one he's in the jumpsuit with riddler signs where he's going to go meet with the joker and the riddler to try to i think come up with a truce or something he's trying to work out a solution he doesn't want his city to keep you know dying he just wanted to talk unarmed joker or the riddler's response was a 37 page letter it dictated where to go what to wear how to walk the joker used lipstick to write on the back of a dead man come in your undies what the hell <laughs> yeah it's kind of <sighs> interesting and then you, you get good panels where you see all the villains that are mm-hmm. with each, you know have teamed up with each person oh and the joker's joke i actually laughed out loud because it just made me laugh. It, it was fucking good. <laughs> and the Lord said unto John, Come forth and you shall have eternal life. But John came fifth and won a toaster. Fucking great. I really oh. I really like the riddle that uh, the Riddler has. I've heard it before, but I it's just one of my favorite riddles. The fact that everybody in the room is completing the answer oh, is horrifying. Yeah. Like, they're indoctrinated. They are brainwashed into I the like, Riddler's cause. I just noticed, do you notice how the Riddler, all of his guys are marked with, like, armbands and stamps? Mm-hmm. Joker doesn't have that. Nope. Everybody's just kind of hanging out. And I feel like that's, the Riddler definitely seems more organized, like, almost militarized to yeah. a point. He has guards that are wearing outfits that are similar, uniforms being marked as the Riddler's henchmen, like completing the riddle. It's all signs pointing to Riddler has much more respect, discipline, and Joker's just like, hey, man, let's fucking, I don't know, hang out, kill some people. What do you say? Sure. And on the Riddler's side, you see the Riddler goons are dressed like what the Riddler would look like, and Joker's side doesn't have any other, just the goons. You just got people hanging out, sitting on the ground, you know, whatever... Whatever furniture is available. And then this is where Gordon tells Batman they both just want Batman. They said, bring me Batman and the war ends. (sighs) And then you finally see for the first time in this little series, you see a Joker goon get thrown out the window. And then you see Catwoman for the first time. Or no, Kite Man got thrown out the window. He had the Joker face on Joker head on his helmet. Yep. And then Catwoman shows up. Who, of course, deriding Kite Man, as always. I can't (laughs) get no respect. Can we talk about how we get to see her in the kind of more retro uh, Catwoman outfit with the purple? Yeah, that's kind of cool. Like, kind yeah. of a nice little throwback. Yeah, because, I mean, again, it's year one, so. But still, yeah. you don't see that anymore. It's all black now. Yeah. Like, I remember when this costume was a thing growing up, and it was before the concept of horny jail, but I'm pretty sure everybody needed to go to it uh, because of that costume. Because, yikes. <laughs> it's cool to see. It's cool to see her in her classic costume because, again, it's supposed to be a, you know, earlier story. And then I like how he kind of, you know, says that, you know, he, you know, he's narrating. He said, you explained that this was a Maroney crime family apartment. The family had stolen a fortune from you with the war on. You were taking the fortune back. And she's like, I lied when it jumps back to present time. And then he agrees. Yeah, he lied. Which is no surprise. <laughs> but I like uh, her. I, I like her explanation here about how she hasn't taken a side and why. Because mm-hmm. she's not a criminal. Yeah. Uh, I like how she said, he said, we're currently breaking into a safe that's not yours. Uh, you, you know, I'm not like them. I mean, I'm, they're unsuccessful criminals. <laughs> I haven't gotten caught. Uh, it's pretty, pretty funny. And then this is when you see them, they kiss for the first time, essentially, because I'm assuming it's the first time. And then it jumps to something that I thought, I don't agree with this part, 
and I'll, I'll get into it. You have Deathstroke and Deadshot are having a sniping contest, it starts with. And then it goes to them fighting hand-to-hand, and it just shows the city burning around them, and it says like they've been fighting for like six days or something like that. Crazy. I think it's Would, awesome. <laughs> wouldn't Deathstroke have just taken out Deadshot within the first day? Because Deadshot is just an excellent shot, but Deathstroke is a... Isn't he like a superhuman almost? He's a meta, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. So think if I remember correctly, which I probably don't, Deathstroke has a healing ability and superhuman endurance. I think Floyd Lawton, while Deathstroke is an excellent combatant and a metahuman, De- or Deadshot, Christ, is literally the greatest marksman marksman on the planet. Um, I think it like the the competition is usually between him and Green Arrow to see who's the best marksman and like Deathstroke's a pretty solid third. So it's and you know Deadshot is no slouch when it comes to hand to hand combat. He's mm-hmm. fought before. He's gone toe to toe with Batman. Yeah, yeah. Anyone who goes toe to toe with Batman is a really good combatant. So well, yeah, okay. I could see where it might be a little kind of hard to buy at times that they fought for six days. I think it's just a testament to both of them because Deathstroke may be, you know, may have metahuman abilities and Deadshot's just a dude and still kept up. Yeah, that is kind of so, impressive. I just, but I was, you know, it's weird. In this, in this, he didn't take off his mask. I mean, if I remember that first Suicide, suicide Squad movie, his mask comes off all the time. It's weird, huh? Well, when you're played by Will Smith, of course it does. Yeah. Floyd, Floyd Lawton not played by Will Smith is just a dude who's really fucking good with a gun. Oh, that yeah. first Suicide Squad movie. Oh. He's still really good. I, I personally like, I like Will Smith's Deadshot. I think he did a solid depiction of him. I, oh, I yeah. kind of like this. The, the comic version better. I'm always going to be a comic person. The comic version better. I mean, yeah. the problem with Suicide Squad isn't Will Smith is that no. that movie should end like halfway through and just be done because it gets terrible when you start getting all the whole Enchantress stuff. I well, have you seen the extended or the director's cut or whatever? Yes. Oh, that's well. the only version I've seen. Okay, I watched that. Like, one. No, that's the only one I've seen. Every time I try to watch the theatrical one, I fall asleep. No lie. There's a director's cut of Suicide Squad. Well, it's an extended version. That's not, not a director's cut. It's not an air cut. People still rooting for an air cut. Yeah, that's what I thought. That's why you got my attention. I'm like, what? No, that no, the, the air cut is not out yet. I do know from listening to many podcasts it that will. somebody had. Well, I think, I think it was Comic Conspiracy, one of my favorite podcasts. That somebody they were talking to before that movie came out saw a screening of it, and the movie he saw was not the same movie that was in theaters. So what happened with that movie? A little bit of. Uh, behind the scenes what happened with that movie was that the the bohemian the bohemian rhapsody trailer did so well on youtube that uh warner brothers was like hey make the movie look like that and so they hired the company that did the trailer and the company that did the trailer was like we can't make a movie with this we need to do reshoots and warner brothers is like do it and then Ayers was just like well what the fuck about my movie so warner brothers is dumb warner brothers is really stupid they're yeah. getting smarter they're no. getting smarter. No, they're not. AT&T is coming in and being like, hey, stop it. That is not them getting smarter. That's daddy coming in and yet telling them to shut the fuck up. Well, whatever. Because whatever. AT&T, however it happened. The AT&T executives are like, hey, we want a Snyderverse. <laughs> and Warner Brothers is like, what the hell? The you Snyder don't want a Snyderverse. You want one? I did like the Snyder cut of Justice League. Cut I'm not going to so lie. Good. It was really good. And apparently all of for all of the movies after Justice League... The directors for all of those movies and the writers went to Zack Snyder and were like, hey, what were you going to do? Because we want to do what you were going to do. <laughs> because no one likes Joss Whedon. <laughs> Don't even get me started with him. What a bastard. Anyway, back to Firefly the comic. Was cool. So the issue ends with Batman ends up fighting both Deathstroke and Deadshot after they've been fighting for six days, knocks them both out. and Really then, quick. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they've been fighting for six days. They're probably a little tired. A little bit. And he just goes in there with, you know, big dad energy, like, fucking, I'll send you to your rooms. Fucking knock it off. Uh, and then the, that ends the issue and brings you into issue 29. I'm a I'm a big fan of Batman's just screaming to the sky at the end of that. This is another really good cover where it has like a chessboard with jokers and with joke and with a joker face and and. The riddle question mark, and then eat one side is you no know, Riddler's army, other side is Joker's army, Batman's in the middle. Like that, that's very cool too. Oh, yeah. And this oh. is where 
this is an interesting this is a very very interesting issue that i did not expect but i res- i enjoyed it like it, it oh, starts off with this. them making a dinner starts off with knock knock who's there europe europe who and then it shows bruce wayne sitting at a table with joker on one side riddler on the other and then a bunch of his goon and he pretty much he convinced them to come to a dinner at the Wayne Mansion so they could figure out a solution to this. And this is not Batman doing the negotiating. This is Bruce Wayne trying to save the city he loves. And they're sitting down to like a full nine course dinner, which I like is. They, oh, I really oh. like how they uh, show each course. <laughs> yeah, me too. I thought that uh, yeah. was really cool. Yeah. I have never had a nine course meal like this. and I'm pretty sure I never will. It's something, all right. I don't, I don't like the idea of eating an uncut fish. The fish thing kind of freaks me out. <laughs> but the way they drew this, where it starts off, they draw the entree or the food, and then it shows all the conversation in between. It shows the next course and the conversations in between. Like it's very well done. How they did this, it's a very weird book in a sense. Not what I would expect. And this shows you all the conversation they're having, how they're trying to come to a deal. At one point, Joker throws a knife at the Riddler to try to kill him. And, of course, it was over the fish. It's it's a very interesting issue, though. And I know he talks about throughout the issue how his his mother had said something about, you know, having a nine-course meal to bring people together for dinner to really enjoy dinner or something like that. And I love how Bruce Wayne is pretty much just like, I'm not the Batman. Definitely not the Batman. Gordon has a relationship with him. I'm not Gordon. I'm just a concerned Gotham citizen who has a lot of money. And he asks him, why Batman? And Joker just says Batman is problematic. And the Riddler agrees. I'm probably the first time they ever agreed. It's very odd. And then it just keeps going. And then it shows a scene of both of them, like, imagining what it would be like to kill Batman, how Riddler would want to kill the entire Bat family and throw them all in a grave and then have Batman be there at the bottom. Can we talk about how when Batman thinks about it and like in his mind thinks about what the Riddler describes, the first one getting shot is Alfred. That's brilliant. Yeah. You got everybody else lined up, but Alfred is the first you got, one. I think that I feel like that's no spoiler. doesn't have a fucking, no, I guess that it, that would have to be uh Batgirl, Nightwing. Yeah. Uh, I don't think there's anyone else. There's probably someone else. No, there's probably a Robin somewhere behind there. Yeah. This is also early Batman. So there's not a whole lot of it. Oh yeah, so it, uh, so yeah, I guess it would be. It could be Catwoman. Or no, hold on. What if it Batman now thinking about it? Because technically, this is a throwback. Well, then it would be a whole. There'd be like twenty, thirty characters there, right? From all the bad family. Yeah, at but, point. but Batman's blocking part of the line, so yeah. there could be more. But the whole point is that Batman's just kind of down in this trench, and the the Riddler is shooting everybody and making sure that Batman gets covered with their blood. As as they die. And then Riddler says he has one perfect riddle. Says, riddle me this Batman. And right before he hears the perfect riddle, bang. Just, first off, that's fucking horrible. To die in that anticipation. I'd come right back to life and kill him. <laughs> Just um, want to know what the riddle was. And then the Joker describes how he'd kill the Batman. Just, Just by him. Just strangling him. Which that really does fit the Joker, though, to say that. Yeah. And he thinks that Batman would be thankful for freeing him, which is probably not that far off. <laughs> Ask the killing joke. <sighs> cool. We talked about it. Never again. Um, <laughs> so after this, for the dessert course, Bruce Wayne says, give me one good reason that you should be the one to kill the Batman. Whoever has the better case, he's going to give $1 billion to the winner just to end the fight. I give you money to bribe all the other fellows troops, turn the whole city on Batman, strangle him, shoot him. Once you've accomplished that, the reason for fighting is gone. And the Wayne fortune will have again, saved this city. Fucking shithead. I mean, is he wrong? No, no. Yeah. And he's playing a character too. So yeah, except I don't really think he is. No, I, well, I don't know. It depends. Are, are, is this is this Batman? Is this the comic where Batman is the mask or Bruce Wayne is the mask? Who's the man really inside? Bruce Wayne is the mask. Yeah. Oh, Bruce Wayne is the mask, but I think he's letting his Batman frustrations get out with his own inability to keep up. Like he's shit talking himself because I think at this point he really believes that he's ineffectual and that the Batman cannot end this. So some 
so the the mask has to. It's fascinating when you think about it. Yeah, and then you and then he he does like does he because Batman ends up siding with the Riddler. You see after that. Yes, which confused me. And I love Riddler's response. The Joker can't kill Batman because he's a fraud. And he starts talking about, you know, the multiple choice tragedy that made him the Joker, which is always fun. You're not white, green and mad. You're just white and green. Uh, yeah. And then oh my God. it also shows how they had hostages and Riddler releases his hostages where Joker had already killed all of his. Because, you know, of course. And the Joker's reason he doesn't have anything. He's just crazy. Why should I kill the Batman? Isn't it obvious? I'm the Joker. He's the Riddler. And in the end, who cares about the Riddler? <laughs> like, fuck, man. <laughs> like, uh, stop pulling any punches. And then it shows uh, Batman in the Batcave kind of preparing for what's coming next. Uh, and how his mother would have been horrified for letting guests leave after dessert, not offering sherry or even coffee, which he's currently drinking at the back computer. <laughs> and doesn't our little course thing where it has the coffee? Mm-hmm. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> and then it, the next the next issue, I think, is another Kite Man issue. I'm pretty sure. Yep, another Kite Man issue where it shows yep. Tweedledee and Tweedledum, two characters I really don't care for in any shape or form. Nah. I'm sitting with Kite Man, and, they get the, and then they get their ass, and then Kite Man gets beat up by Batman. I'm not sure what happens to Tweedledee and Tweedledum. I think they go missing, too. And this is where you start getting into the conversation with Kite Man's kid asking if he's a joke. Oh, okay. I thought it was the other issue. Yeah, because it just shows Kite Man really breaking down. And it also shows, like, the big thing about this issue is it shows that the Joker is losing his entire army because Riddler, Batman working with the Riddler is taking everybody out. So he hits Kite Man with a chair. That's rude. It's not his fault. Yeah, it is. Don't lie. Uh, like, you see Scarface. He's like, he took my he took my puppet. He took my puppet. Scarface is so messed up sometimes. Oh, yeah. And, and you see get, Man Bat get shot down by the Batwing. And you just, it, it's cool to see all these people getting taken out as by Batman. And this is where you see Clue Master, who I didn't know who the hell this guy was until this one little part when they had him in here talking. And he said his name. I'm like, who the hell are you? But he takes off his mask. I was like, the Whisper Gang can't take off their mask. I'm like, that's weird. But I guess he's not really from that gang or something. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what his deal is. I, before this, I didn't never even seen him. Me either. But... Then immediately cut to Clue Master's down, and here's one of my favorites, Mr. Burlap Bag himself, the Scarecrow. Uh, and he gives the fear uh, the fear toxin to Kite Man. Does he give it to Kite Man? I thought he did. I do, he gives it to Clue Master, but I don't think he gives it to Kite Man. Oh. Yeah. He's, he's not screaming. No, he yeah, just gets just up and walks away. Because nobody cares about Kite Man. Because Kite Man's a joke. Uh, then you see Kite Man flying with Mr. with Mr. Freeze, and and then he's like, you know, I've been I'm master of science, therefore I have mastered war and a bat, a little bat, um, what are those things called? Batarangs. Batarangs. Yep. Uh, flies right into his ma- right into his helmet <laughs> and cracks oh, his gl- glasses helmet. We're going to lose very badly. That's God. It's <laughs> uh, brilliant. And Kite Man walking got, Mad Hatter. He just grabs yep. Mad Hatter. Uh, Batman just grabs Mad Hatter and takes him away and just leaves the hat. Uh, it's it's kind of and i feel so bad for kite man because nobody bothers with kite man because everybody's just like he's fucking kite man mm-hmm. i mean it's all a setup but yeah and then you got the joker giving his uh charles foster kane speech to the audience in front of his face just giving a big state of the war address all of you in the audience you are all triumphant cut to the audience and it's just kite man clapping just clapping all by himself Ugh, it's fucking depressing. Yeah, it really is. And then how Batman, they bring Kite Man into like an interrogation room and Batman's with the Riddler. And the last thing Riddler says to him is, hell yeah. Which is what his son, like, it's just, yeah, it's kind of fucked up. Yeah. Because the Riddler like killed it, his son. It's horrible. Because he's talking about there had to be the last person the Joker trusted. And that person, the last stupid person, would know where the Joker's running to now and that his war was lost. We made it you because we knew you'd talk. Even after I killed your boy, you'd still squeal because you're a joke, because you're weak, cowardly, because you're. And then Kite Man says, Kite Man. Hell yeah. I oh, fuck. So I can't get over how when Batman, like a couple uh, scenes above, when Batman's fighting Kite Man, and <laughs> Batman's just like, please stay down. Please stop making me beat the crap out of you. You have a part to play, please. I'm doing my part. Just for the love of God, stop it. 
It has to look good, damn it. Oh, God. And fuck, it's so sad. Yeah, it, it made me, because of this and then also what the Harley Quinn show made me really actually like Kite Man yeah. and feel for him. Uh, and then it is. It is. Then the next issue shows us Team Joker on the cover, just looking above, kind of looking down on him. And all of these people are gone. Nobody's helping out the Joker anymore, which is unfortunate. And this is where you then see the Joker is threatening some, whoever the hell this guy is that he captured or has that's in this building with him. And then he kills him. And, they, and he's at and he's at the final hiding place of where Joker's hiding, which is also the place where this whole thing had started, where Riddler had met him in the beginning of this. And you see, you know, he says, oh, do you have a man on the on the inside? And he says, no, not a man, not inside. And you see Catwoman climbing up the wall of the building to the outside. 73rd floor. And she's reporting, yeah, it's just stabbing a guy. And then she gets shot. He shoots her. But I guess the the window takes most of the blast and she just kind of falls off and then swings herself into another went into another window because she's climbing without any gear or anything because that's what she does. Yeah. Then he quick cut to present time. He's apologizing for putting Catwoman in that position. And then she says, never apologize for a position you put me in. Oh, I yeah. get it. Cause sex. Woman yeah, uh-huh. like It fits her character. I think very well. Yep. To be she like grabs onto a ledge as she's going down from the building. And flies through a window to find out that there are no triggers on the glass. That's the way in. That's what Catwoman was there to do. Well played. Because he has, he put bombs on everything. Is what, like the whole place was triggered. They went up the elevator, they went up the stairs. It would all, everything would blow up. And then so Batman's going to go face the Joker. I think he wants to go, he wants to go by himself. Riddler won't let him. Okay, I'll go with you, just you. But he says he won't do that either. So he, they have to take the whole army and you, you see the kite man, at, you know, talking, okay, how much do you weigh to kill a croc? And he says, a lot. <laughs> and then you see everybody in, with kites, including Batman, flying over at the Joker building. Hell yeah. <laughs> uh, Why Joker cuts off the guy's arm and throws it outside with a watch. Oh, God. He wanted, he wanted to, to see, see time, time fly. fly. God, I remember that joke when I was a kid. I remember hating it. <laughs> and nothing has changed. I still fucking hate it. <laughs> it's a dumb joke. It is. Why did the man throw his watch out the window? He wanted to see time fly. And then you have Riddler and company just smashing through the window with the wonderful greeting. Knock, knock. Joker is furious. <laughs> Who's there? Cows go. Cows go who? Uh, Which I don't get that. Uh, it's no, a, cows it's, go it's, who? No, you twit. Cows go moo. That's a callback <laughs> to a couple issues back where uh, Joker was like, Knock, knock. Uh, who's there? To. To who? No, you twit. To whom? Oh. It's a preposition joke, which I yeah. get because I'm a grammar nerd. As an English major, I can appreciate it. I really, I laughed at that, like, way too hard. <laughs> There's no reason a preposition joke should be that funny, but it was hilarious. Especially coming from the Joker. Yeah. And you see the Riddler just kick the Joker's ass. He just punches him twist his arm and just fucks him up which is it's just depressing jacked still can't get over it running a race and you pass the person in second place what place are you in now well you didn't pass the first person the person in first place so you're in second you're always in second place oh my god this man's Uh, about to destroy his soul and this is where batman tells him it's over and then they all go to kill Batman. Like all of Riddler's goons are ready to kill Batman. They, you know, you see them all. Two Face got his got only one gun, ready to shoot him, and Fireflies ready to shoot him. And then you find out that it was actually a trap because all their kites are made by Kite Man, and he does some. He has a jet propelled and first parachutes on them, and it shoots them all out the window, and they go up in the sky where they're going to go pass out. It just out. fucking folds them out. That yeah. brought back Metal Gear vibes for me so hard. Uh, and he's like, I had Alfred waiting the bat blimp, waiting just high enough that they'd all be passed out when he gathered them. So, yeah, that's not very nice. You go up in the atmosphere to a point where you're almost dead. But, eh, they, 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 they're they, not they exactly them. nice people. No. They're bad. And the Riddler is very upset about this. Kite Man? Plans within plans. And then Kite Man says, you took my boys, so I took your war. <laughs> what the? Oh, that's great. This is, and then, he, and then you have Riddler punch Kite Man. But here's a, a thing that I like that felt like a throwback, where you have Joker says, my wife asked me what I was doing today. 
And I said nothing. She said, you did that yesterday. I said, I wasn't finished. And to me, it's kind of an interesting joke because, again, I'm referencing the killing joke. How it, it talk, you know how he, at one point in this comic, they mentioned him having a son. Like, oh, it really goes, did you lose your son? Did you lose your wife? Like, what happened that made you have such a bad day? Which is a reference to the killing joke and other stories. <laughs> I know. There's another. And it made me laugh. Have you read Three Jokers yet? Oh, no. Okay, then I don't want to go any farther. Read three jokers. It's good. It has Jason Todd, please. Our, okay. Since it has Jason Todd, I'll do it. Okay. Thank you. God. Geez. I'll do it for the show because I want to reread it too. Oh, okay. I, I cool. own all three. They're amazing. Like I I don't even have to go online. I just own them. You heard it here, Games My Mom Founds fans. We're doing three jokers at some point. Probably We're not next. Do uh, metal because I said so. Yeah, I want to do metal next too. Oh, and then this brings you to the last issue of this arc, where it, the cover is Batman sitting there with his hands are all bloody, of Joker's face and Riddler's face on the east side of him, looking down at him and holding a bunch of, and he just looked like he just dropped a bunch of bloody cards. Good. Oh, hey, look, an ad for Doomsday Clock. <laughs> Didn't that take Ooh. years and years to come out? Yeah, it, it like Doomsday Clock was the first integration to of um the whatever the fuck the Manhattan Dr. Manhattan and Rorschach in DC universe after like that deal got worked out. It's yeah. um, it's a time it's a thing. Turns out Dr. Manhattan is literally the cause for like three events that they retconned like Ugh. huge crossover events. Like um, what infinite war? No, fuck. I can't even remember uh, in yeah. Infinity war and all that shit. Like Dr. Manhattan personally caused like three of them. I do want to read Doomsday Clock and cover it because I've heard a lot of good things about it's, it. But it's 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 thick. It's yeah, it's thick writing. It's Jeff John. It'd probably be a two Are we part talking episode. three C's thick or we're talking about like two Q's. Oh, shit. That's thick, boy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we'd probably cover it in half, like cover one through six and do that's, another episode that, and cover. That's literally how they put out the TPBs. <laughs> they oh, had damn. to do it. Yeah, they had to put the TPBs out in half. <laughs> Okay, we might cover that someday. So the last issue of this arc, and then it shows Batman sitting with, with Selena Kyle, Catwoman, just crying. And yeah, then like it shows not having a good time. No, because he's you know, and then it shows all the people that have died. Like it just shows a bunch of like just photos of people. And they have, and they are all the people that have died during this fight, during this war. And there really isn't even that many words at first. It's just them sitting together, and then it jumps to showing Batman fighting the Joker and the Riddler hand-to-hand combat, and he just takes them both. And, you know, he's knocking them both out. Takes a little bit, and, but and Jesus Christ, seeing Batman in Justice underwear, the homeboy is an absolute unit. Like yeah. his his trap, his fucking traps are so big. Oh my god. <laughs> Which makes sense, though. You'd have to be in that kind of shape if you're. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, obviously. But like, yeah, like, but he he has he's legitimately built like a world record like strongman. Like that's how he's built. Except he's also so fast. It's crazy because you don't realize how big his traps are because of the cape. They're so big. Yeah, he like doesn't look like he has a neck at all. No, like it's insane. But enough about Batman's workout routine. Let's get back to the proper yeah. battle. And then yeah. as they're fighting, Riddler is throwing a fit because he lost because of Kite Man. He can't believe it that he was beat by Kite Man. And he's telling Joker he should be laughing because it's funny, but he won't. La- he, you know, of course, he's not laughing. And this is where you see Batman really lose it, which I, I like seeing this. As, they're argu- as Joker and Riddler are arguing, he starts narrating about how they killed you know, Charlie. They killed this kid, and he was there. He was there, and they did. They poisoned him. He grabs a knife off the table and goes to throw it at Riddler's face to kill him. No, no, he thrusts it out to kill the Riddler. Yep, he thrusts it out. He is, And that's really interesting. Out of all of this, he goes to kill the Riddler. Why not the Joker? Why the Riddler? The line here that he narrates to himself in this panel with him thrusting the knife at the Riddler is... It wasn't an accident. I didn't think I'd fail. I wasn't out of control or insane. I knew who I was. I knew what I was doing. I understood the choice I made. I thrust the knife out to kill the Riddler. And you see it just stabbing and blood gushing. Yeah. And then the next panel or the next page is where you see that the Joker stopped him. The Joker put his hand out and caught the knife with his hand. And not like, you know, caught it with like his fingers. The knife went through through his his hand. Yep. And he says, that's funny. And he starts laughing. So for the first time. So the reason that Batman goes to kill the Riddler and not the Joker is that 
So the whole time the Joker hasn't left and the Riddler did all of this, killed Kite Man's son, killed all those people, all of this just to try and make the Joker laugh. And he Which never kind of sweet. Ah, I mean, it's it's kind of sweet, right? Ah, in a way. I think it's sweet. I think it's kind of sweet. And then, and then like as so right before Batman thrusts, like they see Batman pick up the knife and Batman just steals Kite Man's line. Hell yeah. As he's about to murder the Riddler. God. And then as the Joker's laughing and the Riddler's just standing there, you got Kite Man sitting just like, yeah, I'm here. And the dude's just laying there with his arm cut off because Joker threw his arm out the window with his watch on. Later in Arkham, I asked the Joker why he'd saved me. He asked me if I knew the difference between a joke and a riddle. I said no. He said when I figured that out, I'd understand. Oof. And then you got cut back to the absolute unit and Catwoman. And <laughs> Bruce is just asking what separates me from them. I have lines, right? I can stop. I have limits. They can't control themselves. I can. I'm good. They're bad. They kill. I don't. That's what everyone thinks, but it's not true. What separates me from them is a hand on a knife. His hand. The Joker is what separated Batman from the Riddler. That's really good. Fuck. And then the last couple, the last page is he proposes to her again, but this time not as Batman, but as Bruce Wayne. Because I guess he, I don't know, somebody, it happened to the issue right before all this. I didn't read it and I don't remember it, but I, is the way he asked you didn't like or something. So. God, this was but a the, great year of comics. <laughs> I'm looking at these ads. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm looking at the ad for White Knight. And it's like, holy shit, this was a great year. I never read White Knight. Oh, that, that oh, God. Mike. I don't like the art style. Mike, oh, Mike. Oh, you're killing I'm picky me. with my art. Yeah, so am I. It's just like, I fucking hate uh jim holtz i don't like I real stimmy i don't like real stylized art like i like the art of batman in this a yeah. lot because it's simple enough and de- it, i don't know, i just really like it uh, white knight is uh, chef's kiss probably the greatest one shot i've read or not one shot but like standalone okay any last things to say about jokes or jokes and riddle i'm really glad that I finally read this. Um, this was honestly never even on my radar until you originally brought it up, Mike, uh, when we were talking about, you know, your other favorite Batman stories. This was one you said real early. And yeah, this one stuck with me. Oh, finally got around to reading it. And I am so glad that I did. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, this so is one of the best mm. stories that I can remember from Batman uh, when I read the Rebirth Rebirth issues. I know I Am Suicide was pretty good, too, but I can't remember much about it. It's not a Bane story. Yeah. And there's a lot of weird filler after this that wasn't as good, if I remember correctly. But it's been a while. But this, this was just, oh, it was was magic. It was magic. I think we should go on to Shelf Stacker Box, as always. And I'll go first. I think it's obvious. This is going to go on the shelf. I I enjoyed it when I read it, and it it was something that always had stuck with me. Like, I had remembered the story, and I had been wanting to reread the story again. And of course, the you know the podcast gave me an excuse to reread stuff. I still really, really enjoyed it, and this is a story I always recommend to people because you don't need to know a lot of Batman in order to enjoy it. You can just enjoy it by itself because it's kind of a prequel story. So, you know, it's going on the shelf. Oh, what about you, Nick? Oh, uh, you know what? You just can. I was going into this going about to say stack. I was about to say stack. Like the, the well, yes, it's a great story. The reason I was going to say stack is that. As someone who is overarching involvement to like an overarching story is very important to me. And this is kind of like the sideshow prepping for more of the city of Bane and like everything kind of stacks up to that. But you know what, Mike, with that, the fact that you're right, you don't really need to know a lot. This is a really good. I want to read Batman. I'll throw it on the shelf. The covers are amazing. The artwork's amazing. Tom, Tom Taylor's or Tom King. Tom King is just his entire Batman run was phenomenal. Yes. So, you know what? You you convinced me, Mike, it'll go on the shelf. Okay. Oh, what about you, Ken? Well, I think it would be pretty obvious to anybody listening. that This is absolutely going on my shelf. However, I'm also going to give it a hell of an endorsement. It's going on my shelf. And while I put it there, I'm going to say, hell yeah. (laughs) Well done. Well done, sir. I I liked it. I liked it. It was good. (laughs) Uh, And Nick, where can people find you at? 
All right, you can find me at You Hate to See It. It is again, it is a podcast where three drunk morons talk about pop culture, comics, movies, our lives, kind of everything. We also do a true crime podcast called Drunken Jurors, where again we get drunk and talk about uh, the probably someone's worst day. And you can find us on Spotify under You Hate to See It, Twitch at Y O U C H. Eight T I T. Oh, let me let me let me double check that. Let me let me double check that Twitter. Uh, you can find us at Y O U eight C I T. There we go. You can find us wherever podcasts are found. Uh, we release Mondays at eleven p.m. And by release, I mean we record them live, but we don't. Okay. And if you enjoyed this episode, we have covered lots of other Batman episodes. You can definitely go check out. We did Batman Court of Owls, Comic 33, Batman Haunted Night, Comic 32, Batman Arkham Origins, Episode 139, Batman Massive Phantasm, Film 18, Batman Arkham City DLC, Harley Quinn's Revenge, Mini 13, Batman Arkham City, Episode 18, Batman Arkham City, the comic, led up to the game, Comic 24, Batman the Killing Joke, Comic 22, God, I love Batman, Batman Arkham Asylum, Episode 97, Batman the Long Halloween, Comic 17, Batman Death of the Family, Comic 8, Batman Hush, Comic 3, and then Episode 3, we covered the Batman game for Genesis. Uh, too much Batman. And there'll be more coming, I'm sure, because I keep doing this. Is so. it too much, or is it not enough? Yeah, I mean, it, I keep I keep covering Batman, so I got this, up and I, I enjoy it. There's no such thing as too much Batman. And if you yeah. enjoyed this episode, you can go find all our other old episodes on Podbean. We have hundreds and hundreds of episodes. I'm sure you'll find something that you want to listen to. We have 281 episodes at the time of this recording or something ridiculous like that release. This will be more by the time you hear this, but just damn. So definitely go check all those out. Uh, please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and on YouTube. We are on YouTube with only audio, but hey, we're there if you want to hear us. It's there. And also want to give a shout out to her awesome intro and outro, courtesy of Helena at Hell Has Fury. You will see a link to her TikTok in the show notes. Definitely go check her out. And we have a Patreon. If you want to help out the show for a little dollar, you can go and vote in our Patreon poll we have every month. I don't know what the, what it is. I don't know when this is coming out exactly. So definitely go check that out. And I think I also want to give a shout out to my buddy, Bill Tucker, who started his own podcast. The Gamer Looks at 40. Definitely go listen to him. He, he does a much different show than what I do, but still very good. So definitely go give him a listen and help him out. And I think that's everything I need to say. So we will see you guys all next time. Bye, everybody. Dude. So long.